Let me ask you, last week I talked to you a little bit about the difference between um, looking at things as an opportunity or looking at things as, as a place of offense, something to get upset about. And I asked um, you guys to begin to look at things as opportunities. How many this week was able to take this word last week and, and apply it? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, good. I did. I told you last week. Remember I told you I wrote that letter and, um, and the Holy Spirit and my wife said not to send it. Remember that? And um, I was able to sit down with that person this week, and I began to say, hey, here's the thing that I was offended by. This thing kind of hurt my feelings. And that fella, say what? Snow. Yes. And that fella and I was able to talk through things, and it was awesome. It was, it was like, wow, when you do things biblically, it works. Go figure, you know. And so I'm just thankful that God has just allowed us to take those simple truths and be able to live them out. And, and, and it is neat how when you are learning offensive things, it gives you great opportunities to apply them. It really is. And so I am sorry if you've had more offensive things happen to you recently. That's just the love of Jesus. He's just taking care of you. That's all he's doing. He's just taking care of you. So, man, how many's had a great weekend? Good weekend, everybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, I had an amazing weekend, and, and it was one of those things where yesterday I got to go to Griffin and teach church planters and Christian leaders all day long. And so I, I woke up at 5, did a little bit of work, left the house at 7, got down to Griffin, literally taught from 9 a.m. until 3 after, in the afternoon. I, I, I was spent. Drove back, took a little nap, played with my children, got them into bed. Didn't I tuck you in, Grant? No, he's... He's 15. I didn't talk around him. But, but, um, but then I went over and I went and watched the fights. Anybody watch the fights last night? Woo! And so I'm going to be honest. I slept three and a half hours last night. And so this is going to be a fun, fun time together. We're going to have a blast in here today. And so, no, no, but it's just so good what God's doing. And, and, um, and being with those pastors and different Christian leaders yesterday, it, just, it never gets lost on me, your heart. I'm just being honest. It never gets lost on me, the joy that I have. And, and this is where when you don't sleep, I get happy. Dude, I'll start to cry. It's a mess. Don't laugh at me. I'll punch you. Because I watched Mayweather last night, you know. But, um, um, man, I just, it never gets lost on me how special you people are. I mean, there's just not a week that people aren't here because you invite people. There's not a week that I don't hear stories of life change. I mean, literally, stories like Josh of Life Change. The first service, we had a young man named Greg who was baptized. And Greg came to church because he followed a girl. How many's here because you followed a girl to church? I'm just being honest. Yes, 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 you know. But the coolest thing is Greg followed a girl to a church here and, and he met a guy. No, seriously though, he met Jesus. And literally Jesus changed his life. And it's just so fun to see so many men. I love that we have women getting touched by the Lord. I praise God for that. But we have so many guys that come to faith in Christ, and it's just, it's not lost on me. And when I go to teach other people, I just brag on you guys constantly. And um, so can, 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 I know this sounds weird. I don't want to say, like, praise your names. But you ought to give yourselves an applause. I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, I'm serious. I'm so proud of you guys, and, and just to be able to be your pastor, and, and you put up with me and shenanigans, and, and I thank you for that. And I mean, we were in a neat, neat season as a church, and I can't wait over the next few months just to unfold some things that God is doing behind the scenes. It's blowing my mind. Come on. But today I want to get into the last of this series, and you're all thankful that I'm going to stop talking and start preaching. Come on. 
<laughs> this week I was talking to a guy in the church, and he was telling me about a friend of his who um, 50 years ago, she was six years old, 50 years ago, and when she was that little girl, her mama walked out on her. And as her mom left her as a six-year-old, obviously that puts a negative pain. It puts hurt. It puts shade, if you will, over a young child's life. And this young girl begins to grow up underneath that shade. And mama, she was an addict, and she chased the men, and she wasn't going to be there for them. But at least she had dad. And so daddy's trying to bring up the six-year-old best that he can. And as she got older, the daddy remarried. And so now I've got a stepmom. It's wonderful. And so she's excited, and the shade seems to start to diminish, you know. Doesn't have a clue where mother is all those years. Not a clue. And now she's 16 years old. And at 16 years old, her dad dies. Every little girl loves her daddy. Isn't that right, Adelie? At least Adelie loves me. Auburn, she, no, Auburn loves me too. Where's Aubie? She backslipped. Okay. That's <laughs> so what happens. You get one of them there rock bands. They backslide. No, I'm kidding. Aqua Shade is in the house. I see right there. No, the band's doing great. But okay, so uh, guys, you're gonna have to put up with me today. I'm being honest. If you're a guest with us, it really isn't this bad always. Okay, but sometimes it is. So, and so her, her her daddy passes away. I mean, that's just to me. I mean, I would almost imagine that if I was her at that age, I think I would have thought, God, you don't even like me. Almost like God's throwing shade. What in the world have I done wrong in the cosmos that I've lost my mother and now my dad? And so the day of the funeral, this blew my mind when my friend told me this. The day of the funeral, um, um, they come back after everything's over. And the stepmom had jetted pretty quick as soon as the funeral was over. And she had went to be with her grandmother for a little bit, her paternal grandfather. And, and so the next day, she goes back to her house, and the stepmom is gone. The only thing left in the house was her and her brother's beds. That's it. Just their beds. The stepmom ripped her off of her inheritance, took everything the dad had, and jetted and took off. Think of the negativity. Think of the shade that now is over top of this young girl. Isn't that crazy? But here's the thing. That paternal grandmother started to raise her and started to speak life into her. That woman now is 56 years old. And here's the craziest thing. Her birth call a few months back. And guess who from? Her mother. Her birth mother. Her birth mother's in her 70s. She has a debilitating disease. And she needs somebody to take care of her. I don't know about y'all. I'd be like, Mama, you're going to take care of your own depends. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm like. But here's the thing. This paternal grandmother, this paternal grandmother would speak life into this little girl, speak positive things into this little girl, speak the word of truth into this little girl. And all she said she could hear was her grandmother saying this, saying, Sweetie, it's hard, but this is the right thing to do. It gives me chills thinking about it. And so she's taking care of mom. She's upset. She's frustrated. But all she hears is her grandmother saying, sweetie, it's hard, but it's the right thing. How many know the right thing to do is hard sometimes? Amen? Especially when you're dealing with people who have done you wrong and negativity. And obviously that woman had spent her whole life chasing after her own stuff. And people that do that, guess what happens when they get older? They don't have anybody. 
Their whole life has been wrapped up in negativity, and, and that was true to the case. And now this woman has to take care of this mom, and she's doing it a little bit begrudgingly, I'm being honest, doing it a little bit out of pain, but, but because she knows it's the right thing to do. And she's not receiving anything reciprocal from it. There's no benefit because the woman is so debilitated in her, her sickness that she really has nothing emotionally or physically to offer the relationship. But this woman just keeps with the overwhelming sense it's the right thing to do. She's having the right attitude. And I don't know about you guys. I want to do something. I like to be a place that we can do some things that are kind of special. And we did this in the first service. And I want us, if you will, because this lady is a friend of the, of the person in this church. I want us with everything that we have. I want us to lift up a thanks for this woman. I want us to show this lady how much we appreciate her for rising above negativity and sowing into a mother that never sowed into her. Amen? Can we be in her corner this morning? Come on, and celebrate this life, this woman that is just being so selfless. Come on, let's give God some praise in here. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, sweetie, you hear that? We thank you for looking like Jesus to your mama. You hear that? That's for you. We know it's hard. We know those days are tough. We're in your corner, kid. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can't see it. There's people giving you a standing ovation here. Ha, praise the Lord. Whew. Man, we can just stop having church right there and go home. Amen? So when it comes down to it, all I'm going to talk about today is kind of an extended version of what I spoke last week. And then we're going to conclude. And we're going to have communion today. And, and, the thing, and so we can't go last Sunday. I can't go back. We read like two chapters of the Bible last week, didn't we? And so we can't go back. But if you will, please listen to the podcast, okay? How many uses the app around here? If you go to Google, I think that's what it's called, no, Android. If you go to Android or iTunes to the store and you search Momentum Church Georgia, it'll come up and it's free. I tried to get them to cost, put a price on it. I thought it would be a good way to get an Escalade. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But it's free. And you can listen to podcasts, sign up for things. It's cool, too, is how many here you guys do the the notes, you pull up the notes, and you can see the notes on there. Yeah, first service, we had a lot of people that raised their hand in this service. So you guys are behind the eight ball a little bit. That's okay. And, um, and, but it's, it's a good resource. It's a good tool for you um, to be able to have. So go listen to that. But last week, we began looking at a man in Scripture that he just couldn't get past his bad attitude. He just couldn't get past that negativity. He couldn't get out of the shade of his own negative thinking, and he struggled to value the grace of God shown to him, and we know it because he would not allow the grace of God shown to him to be shown to others. There was just this thing about this guy. He's a real downer dude. He's a real mopey man. He is the man that we looked at last week by the name of Jonah. And so we begin to look last Sunday, and we want to continue this week. So I want you to open up your Bibles to Jonah, the first chapter, and let's stand to our feet as we honor God's word. How many loves the word of God in here today? Amen? Amen. It says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. The word of the Lord came. Let me stop there for a second. The word of God, we believe God's a speaking God. Amen? Last Sunday, the weirdest thing happened in the first service. I didn't say it in the second because I wasn't sure, but some of you may have been. How many was in first service last week? All right, so I need to say this. Last Sunday, we felt that God wanted to touch a woman by the name of Sandy. 
And we don't do that very often, you know. But I just said, I think there's a Sandy here that needs prayed for for healing. And so people came forward for prayer, and a woman came up here, and I, I, don't, I didn't know her. So I looked at her, I'm like, Sandy? And she, no, Nancy. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I still prayed for her. <laughs> I did. I mean, God still was doing things, but it wasn't Sandy. And so, you know, then you begin to doubt and stuff. And, and I just want to tell you, I'm not saying this to validate your preacher, because that's kind of new to me, kind of getting things like that. Um, it just is. I've been pastoring 25 years, but that's just kind of been the last few months. Ever so often, things like that will happen. And, uh, but guys, listen, I'm saying this to validate the Holy Spirit. He's a speaking God, and you can trust when he speaks. And he doesn't speak to your goofy-faced preacher. He speaks to you, too. And so listen, y'all, I walk two steps out that door, and a woman looks at me, I'm Sandy. It was the coolest thing ever. And I, Jesus, I was just too afraid to come forward. I wasn't sure if what I needed was a healing issue. And, and it was more emotional heaviness. And I said, you know what, honey, if you don't deal with emotional heaviness, it'll become physical sickness. So I think this is a healing issue, you know? You're the only Sandy here. We're praying for you. You know? And we got to pray for her, and God just touched her, and it was the coolest thing ever. Why? Because the word of the Lord comes. And you're like, okay, let it come a little quicker, because I've been standing for three minutes. I taught for eight hours yesterday. You could stand a little. No, I'm teasing. All right. It goes on. It says this. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, and he went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, let us not be a people that run away from your presence. Let us not be a people who our negativity just causes us to, to not even want to find your grace and find your faithfulness, and we run away. God, let us always be a people that run to you, that come to your altar. Always be a people that hunger for you and your touch and your presence and what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Go ahead and have your seat. As we looked last week, we begin to see in verse 4, chapter 4, we read the whole chapter last week, chapter 4, and, and God looks at Jonah and he says, is it right for you to be angry about this? And, and what was it that, that, that he was angry about? We told you last week that he was angry about a move of God that was taking place amongst the Ninevites, 120,000 people coming to God, and Jonah's upset about it. That's how negative that he was. And not only 120,000 people came to God, there was cattle getting sanctified. Praise God for meat. Woo! That's why I love God so much. I just wanted to know. Jonah, uh, and he asks, is it right for you to be angry about this? God's wanting to know. Jonah, do you have a reason to be angry about this? And, and, and in my mind, I think, but, but I'm right. Yes, I understand you're right at times. But handling, how you're handling it, it isn't beneficial. And there's sometimes in your life, you, you're right. That thing that's causing negativity, they did you wrong. They, the shade they cast, yes, if I wasn't a believer, I'd go all Mayweather on you. Or I'd go all Connor on you, come in behind, hit you in the back of the head. Because sometimes you got to fight dirty. I'm just saying, you know. 
But when it comes down to it, yeah, right, but, but I'm not, if I press that, will it be beneficial? Will it be something that's going to bear fruit in my life? Or am I going to be 78 years old begging for some daughter to come take care of me reluctantly, but honorably? You're right. They did you wrong. You're right. But you hold on to the negativity. It's not helpful. And God, we saw last week, was cutting through to the truth of Jonah's heart. And I can almost hear Grandma saying to Jonah, sweetie, it's hard. I get it. These are evil people. But it's the right thing to do. Seeing lives change is the right thing, Jonah. Get out of the shade. And so last week, we started seeing how in that scripture, we saw two things. A great city that was full of evil. And it was one of those things where all Jonah could see was the evil. That was it. But God could see the great city. He says there's a great city full of evil. And Jonah basically wiped them off the face of the earth. Jonah was a racist. Right? But God, he could see this thing happening. I love this. And I told you last week, what that shows us is this. That when it comes down to it, do you see things as an opportunity or as an offense? When that negative thing comes to you, in that moment, do you look, here's an opportunity. I can turn this thing around. My buddy and I, as we talked through things this week, man, it made us tighter than we've ever been before. Why? It's an opportunity. Or it could have been an offense. It could have been something where I could have just texted it, made it public, more public than this. This is pretty public. (laughs) But you know what I'm trying to say. And so we saw how God has this intention to bring a revival, to bring a a touch upon the Ninevites, but all Jonah could see was the negativity and the offense of it. That's all he could see last week. And I think it's amazing that that fish swallowed him up. And and I told you last week that the, the goddess Nina was the goddess over the Ninevites, the patron goddess who was symbolized by a fish inside a house. I think it was so appropriate Because literally a fence was consuming Jonah. I thought it was so appropriate that a fish consumed Jonah. I thought it also was appropriate that the idea of a fence and opportunity, the cross is an offense. So that fish was a place, a thing of grace that God brought to take care of Jonah. Extended grace to Jonah in that moment. But all Jonah could even see then was a fence. Could not see it as the opportunity. Couldn't see that God's going to do this, get me out of here, and I'm going to preach to these Ninevites and see lives change. Praise God for my brothers and sisters in God now that are the Ninevites. No, 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 no. He was mad that God did a revival. He was mad that God was going to save him. He could not get past a fence. In other words, his focus was on the offense. It wasn't on the opportunity. And I tell you today, choose to live in the hope, not in the shade. Jonah, he was one whose life was characterized by the shade. He embraced the shade. He reveled in the shade. If you remember last week at the end of the story, he has a booth that is a shade to him, and it gets destroyed. And then he has a plant that becomes a shade for him. He loves his little shade. He takes care of his negativity. Sowing into the negativity. And thank God, God brought a worm to eat away that. To cause him to be exposed again. Because God is trying to do a work in Jonah's heart. Listen, Jonah, you doofus. If a fish can't change your mind. And he's trying to do a work in Jonah's heart to pull him from all that negativeness. All that offense. And to allow an opportunity to come to him. To partner with God to see great things. God's going to do what God's going to do. Amen? 
but he looks for us to partner. Those 120,000 came to salvation. Praise God. But God always looks for a partner. I think that partner is in a better position to do as God says when we're walking in the opportunity, not looking for offense all the time. We rob God when we're always looking for offense. And when it came to, to, to Jonah, he embraced the shade. He reveled in the shade. No matter how much light was shed on the situation, he took the negative view, choosing not to rise and live above the shade, but to live in the shade. To, to, to have that shade that is just thrown at us. And, and in our lives, that's just part of life, isn't it? How many has had shade thrown this week? Maybe somebody. Michael's nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy, or, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Travis is nodding. Yeah, yeah, it's just part of life. But we can choose to live above Come on, somebody. shade. We don't have to live in the shade. We have shade. We have to live with it, but we don't have to live in it. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so long story short, as we look at this, we get into today, um, we looked at that great city and how that great city it speaks to us about opportunity or offense. Then we looked at the great fish and how God's always given us a way of escape so that we can get away from that negativity and partner with what he's doing. And today we're going to look here at a great revival and then we're going to look at a great regret. In Jonah chapter 3 verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, God relented of the disaster, what he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. That passage of scripture shows us a miraculous revival that takes place. Guys, if 120,000 people in Woodstock came to faith in Christ this weekend, it would be a miracle. There's about 135,000 unchurched people in a five-mile circle of this church. If those 135,000 came to salvation, I'm definitely not going to put my camp up under a booth and have a pity party. You know? But that's exactly what Jonah did. He could not see what God was doing because of all his shade, because of all his negativity. And so here's what I want you to get today. Listen, what miracle of God are you missing because you won't shake off the shade? What miracle of God are you missing because you won't shake off the shade? Got a great story. Got a great story. I, I'm trying to think where I'm at in the building. So over here. When we first moved into the building a couple years ago, we um, began to want to meet our neighbors. That's just the normal thing to do. And so we went in the community, started meeting all our neighbors. We're having church services up here, etc. And And quickly, we start to get um, uh, uh, letters and emails and phone messages from a neighbor that just wasn't real happy about what we were doing here, okay? And, uh, and I know all you're like, really? How? We're wonderful. I agree. I agree. <laughs> you are. But here's the thing. The church that was in here, precious people, you know, but they're a nice, sweet, little, quiet, traditional Baptist church. Y'all not a nice, sweet, little, quiet, traditional Baptist people anymore, right? You guys do things like this. Make some noise. Yeah, and, 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 and it's just it's so much fun to preach to you because you are a little bit irreverent. I don't look at that as an offense. I look at that as an opportunity. And I do not cast shade, okay? So, but when it comes down to it, this person was having a lot of struggles with us. They just really were. They're having a lot of issues with us. And so everything from our dang Verizon signs, the signs down the road, and, and, and I'm just being as polite. You went down, listen, we're not going to get rid of the signs. What I can, because too many people come. How many came because you saw the sign? You went down the street, yes. And so I'm, too many people, okay, in this service, one person came. 
we're getting rid of the signs. No. <laughs> but, but at that time, I just lied to her. No. But I was like, but the, we get people coming all the time because of the signs, which is true. And I told her, I said, we'll make them nice. We'll never let them get ratty. And we have replaced those signs. I want to say we're on the fourth or fifth time we've replaced them just so they always look fresh. They always look nice. Okay. And so there was that. And then, and then, and then, and then she was like, you know, and there's guys that come on the property and they just rev their motorcycles and, and it's just ridiculous, you know. And I was like, you know what, ma'am, I'll tell those motorcycle riders not to do that. I will tell you bad motorcycle riders, don't do it. You're, please, when you come on the property, I ride if you're a guest. I'm sorry. I ride every day, 365. And, and, you know, so it was one of those things where it was just like, I'll tell the guys, like, to not throttle up when you come up on the property. Try to throttle a little bit less when you leave, you know. And then there was this one big tractor um, uh, tow truck that would always be here. Is Matt Kahlberg in the service today? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's giving blood. That's Matt, selfless Matt. And so he, when he's on shift with his big tow truck, he brings his tow truck to church. But you don't have to come on the property at 9 in the morning, you know. And so, and it was just so cute because basically it was this. This is the exact thing that was said. Was, it's like you guys are a bunch of 14-year-olds. What kind of people are, I've never seen a church like you. All these men. And trucks and Jeeps and you're out there just kind of like showing off and, and, and revving up motors. And, and, and it's like, yes, you have a pretty accurate description of the men of Momentum, Momentum Church. So, but I was just kind, you know. It's like, yeah, ma'am, you're right. We, we actually have more men on a Sunday morning a lot of times than we have women, you know. To the chagrin of our single women, we need more single men. Praying for that. How many will intercede for some single men, for some of our single ladies? Not good. Um, um, but it was just so great. I mean, we, we've been so kind. And then, long story short, we go into the neighborhood and we invite everybody to come to our first baptism barbecue event that we did, which was an outside event. And we told all the neighbors, we just want you to know that we'll be outside. We will be playing a little bit of music, just a little bit, at this time to this time. And we'd love for you to come be our guest. Before I got back to the church, I'm getting a Facebook message. Please do not step foot on my property you know, I know you're in the neighborhood. Stay away. It was one of those kinds of things. Now, listen, I'm not trying to gossip to 200 of my closest friends here today, okay? We're, we're going somewhere with this, okay? Because God, we've shown this lady love, and God is going to bring this lady to salvation. I believe it with all my heart. Amen? God's, there's this, it's just, and I love it because one time she wouldn't wave, and now she's waving at me, you know? And that's, and I, like one finger either. I mean, like, truly, <laughs> she's really waving at me. And I'm, but it gets gooder, okay? It gets better. Listen to this. We don't want to miss the miracle because we won't shake off the shade. When we had that first baptism outside, um, next thing you know, you start to hear music playing. But it wasn't our music. And, and, and the, the sweet lady across the street, she had taken speakers and turned them toward our parking lot, okay? Now, now the story's going to get a lot funner here. More fun, more fun. Are you ready for this? So... A few weeks ago, or last week, I was counseling um, young Josh that got baptized <coughs> today. And as I'm counseling Josh, you know, I'm talking about just life and etc. And, and he starts to say that at one time he dated a girl that lived across the street. Her mother lives across the street. Oh, really? And then and he was pretty open with us saying, you know, Josh was pretty open saying she really didn't like you that much, you know. And, and I, I knew that, you know. Um, we knew that. 
And it was just amazing. So now he's sitting in my office, and I say to him, I said, you know what was really a crazy story? Is um, there was this one day we had this baptism service, and then they, they put these speakers out, and he goes. <laughs> and I go, what? And he goes, and they started playing corn, right? And I go, yeah, they did. He goes, that was my idea. That's freaking awesome. That's freaking awesome. He said, that was my idea. He goes, not the speaker part, but the corn part. And I told him, I said, I thought it was the coolest thing was the guys in our church are coming up going, dude, they're playing corn. It's awesome, man. Yeah, come on, I'm playing corn. It's the best baptism I've ever been to. Wow! You know, it's like, it was awesome. All right, so, so I'm, this is, none of this is made up. I wish I made that up. That was a great fiction, it sounds like, but it's not. It's even better truth. <laughs> Jesus did that. Come on. Woo! I mean, that blows my mind. Why? Because God brought a miracle in that situation, you know? But I guarantee you, if I would have embraced the shade, went over there, what in the world are you doing? Turn that down. We're trying to love Jesus over here. What's wrong with you, you know? I'll tell you what would have happened. Josh wouldn't have got saved in this church. But you know what would have happened? Josh would have got saved. You know how I know that? Because the Ninevites got saved. God saved them 120,000. Even if Jonah was, here's the thing, we man, even if Jonah wasn't in full partnership, God still did what he wanted to do. But here's the thing, we would not have been a part of Josh's story in the positive. We would have been part of Joshua's story in the negative. It would have sounded like this, because God would have sent him somewhere, because God wants Josh saved. God wants Josh to be raised in the things of God, so he can raise his children in the things of God. And so God would have sent Josh somewhere, and the story would have been this. Yeah, you know what happened to me once? Man, I was stupid. I was a kid, and I did this, and blasted this music, and these preachers come over and yelled at me, and screamed at me, and it kept me away from the things of God another five years. But when I found this church, and I saw the love that this church brought to me, it changed my life. And I began to look at Jesus, and I got saved. We just wouldn't have been that church. <laughs> we just wouldn't have been that church. You see how important it is? I don't want to miss one miracle that God wants to do in my life because I bow up and I don't embrace the positive in the midst of the situation, you know? And, man, you know me long enough, many of you. You know I was quick to bow up for years. I preached about that a few weeks ago, you know? Man, I just, I don't know if I'm just getting older and fatter. I don't know what it is, but I just, just want to love, you know, and just see miracles happen through the love of Christ and what God can do in the midst of that stuff. But when that idea, if we would have fought that, if we wouldn't have shaked that shade off that day, that miracle wouldn't have happened in this house, and we wouldn't be celebrating a young man in this tank today. Give God some praise, amen? Ooh. So what I want you to do, I know this is really difficult because this is on podcast. Don't tell nobody about the lady across the street. I'm being honest. Just pray. God wants to do a work in her heart. Hurt people hurt people. I don't know what's going on there. But I can tell you right now, when there's an opening, and God will give us an opening, we're going to be the first to rush in there and allow the life of Jesus to come and the love of Jesus to come. Amen? And God will wrought another miracle. Why? Because we've shook off the shade. Everybody just go like that. Just shake off. That's ridiculous. Don't do that. 
Sometimes I do things and I'm like, that was just dumb. <laughs> Amen. So what miracle of God are you missing because you won't shake off the shade? And, and you're right. You might have been right to attack. I may have been right in that moment to go over there and get ugly. You know, I, I might have been right to go to my office, get a big old deep gulp of haterade, and just walk over and just spit it all over on her. How many have some haterade in the refrigerator? Yeah. It wouldn't be some refrigerator. But I may have been right to do that, but it wouldn't be beneficial. It wouldn't be something that sets us up for an opportunity for a miracle. You chase the offense, you rob yourself of the miracle. Right? You chase the offense, you rob yourself of what God just might do in the moment. And like God was saying to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? Yes, in your life there may be something that is shade and you just want to attack. But I would say yes, it might be right for you to attack, but it won't be beneficial. In life, shade is often thrown. It's just part of life. But we have to choose to not live in it, but live above it. We need to always choose to live in the hope, not in the shade. Don't miss the miracles around you because you won't shake off the shade. Don't. Don't allow it to be something where you know a life that can be lived focused on the things of God. Man, that life will be full of opportunity and full of the miraculous. But a life lived, I'm just telling you this, focused on the shade, will always be a life full of regret. Always be a life full of regret. We've seen in this story a great city full of opportunity. We've seen in this story a great fish, an opportunity for grace, both for Jonah and for the Ninevites. We've seen in this story uh, the idea of, of a great revival, this great miracle of God. And as we close today, I want to look at the idea of a great, a great regret. It says in Jonah 4, 1 through 4, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. What displeased him? A revival of God, a miracle that he could not see because he would not shake off the shade. And he prayed to the Lord, and he said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I want? Said when I was in, Oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That's why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. He, he knew what God was going to do. And he was so shady and so negative, he was fighting against it. He said, For I knew that you're a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. For it's better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? You have a right to be angry. Do you have a right to be angry? That's what he's saying. Everybody, pity partner. I, just, I saw this miraculous stuff. I just want to die. Everybody go, wah, wah. I mean, I'm just serious. Like, really? I mean, like, God's doing a miracle and you're so full of negativity. You, husbands, listen. God will do things in your wife. But you're so full of, of upset, frustration, negativity, and bitterness that you won't see the miracle God's doing in her. And wives will happen the same way with your husband. That negativity will rob your home of eyesight that looks for opportunity. That negativity will rob your home of eyesights that are looking for the miracles of God that God wants to do. He does things around us all the time. You know, he really does. Amy, she wants to buy an outback here in a few years when we have less children. We have, not that we're going to get rid of kids. We're <laughs> They'll still live. They'll just live somewhere else. And when that day comes, she wants to get an outback. So here, like me, four or five years from now. And, um, and every place we go, we see them now. And we see outbacks all the time. Outback, 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 you know. Why? Because we're looking for them. 
negativity, all you'll have is regret, and that's what you'll see and you'll feel, and you'll be embracing regret. But you get an eye, a mindset for opportunity instead of offense, and next thing you know, you start to see miracle and miracle and God's hand in this and God's hand in that, and it changes, it changes everything. It changes all your perspective. But because of, neg- no, because of Jonah's negative attitude, he walked in great regret. Regret that God didn't give these people what Jonah thought they deserved. That's the regret that he walked in. And you know what's weird? I told you last week, this story has a weird, awkward ending. There's really no resolution. I asked you last week when we left, it felt so unresolved. It's like a two-part sermon. It just felt so unresolved. But I said, that's good. I want you to go home and think about those things. that may have negativity shading your life. And think about those things. But when we finish even today with Jonah at least, not with you, but with Jonah, there's no resolution. Yet God saves all these people, but he's still a miserable wreck. And can I tell you the reason why the Lord laid in my heart why it is? Because regret never brings a resolution. Regret doesn't have the power to bring resolution. Regret, it's not something that will bring the miracle of resolution. It just doesn't do that. It doesn't serve to resolve things in the heart of the one who has had shade thrown on them. And it doesn't serve to restore relationships. Regret never brings a resolution. You know why? Because repentance brings resolution. That's why. Regret is not repentance. Regret's not repentance. I, I got to thinking about it. And, 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 and imagine this, okay? If, if I'm frustrated and I'm over here and I'm angry and I'm at the edge of this, 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 this is my sight. There's no place for me to go. I'm frustrated. I'm so mad. And it's just regret. You know, I'm just regretting. There's no place for me to go with my regret but down. You know? There's no place for me to go but into darkness or destruction or, or less than what God has for me. But what's beautiful, repentance, the Greek word for repentance is metanoe. Everybody say metanoe. Y'all sound so smart. And what metanoe means, it means a turning around. Repentance is a 180-degree turn. It's a turning around and a walking in different direction. I want you to watch this. It's cool. Regret puts you at the edge of a relationship. So much regret, so much anger, so much negativity. Where do I go with the relationship? There's no place to go. I'm at the edge. That's why Jonah just... The book is, people got saved, and Jonah's a miserable wreck. I, mean, I know your little kids, when you were little, you thought it was like, oh, happy Jonah, and oh, well. There's, you know, you read the book, and it's all like, oh, no. People got saved, and Jonah's a wreck. But watch this. This is so cool. Repentance, I turn. Look at all the opportunity. That, look at all this. All this space between me and that person that I was angry with. All this space between me and the one that did me wrong. All this opportunity. Offense. That's all I have. Offense. There, I'm go- I go down. That's it. I'm going down. If I focus on the offense, there's nothing for it to offer me. But if I turn in repentance. Wait a second. They did me wrong. Yes, but you won't let go of the bitterness. Yes, but you won't let go of the shade. So you can't make them change. You can only deal with your own heart. And so I don't want to live in regret. I want to turn in repentance. God help me release them. And you do a work in my life. And look, woo, all this opportunity for miracles and opportunity for God to do great things. And, and man, that was a long walk across. There's a lot of experiences to have with Jesus across there. Amen? Where I stay with my heart in regret. It's a short path 
darkness, destruction. It's a short path to being 77 years old in a debilitating state. And nobody's there to care for you. Except the daughter that you got to beg and beg and beg. And thank God that daughter could be here on this edge too. But she didn't. She turned. And I don't know what that looks like for that daughter. But I guarantee you when she gets at the end of this life with her mama and that mom gets in the grave, she's going to thank God for every bit of whatever this is. Because there's going to be miracles. There's going to be things and memories made. If it's a week, two weeks, a month, I don't know. So I just want us as God's people today to, to realize that, that, that we've got to have repentant hearts. Regret is not the same. Of the greater repentance, we need to repent of the shade we embrace and how we t- let it take hold of our hearts in light of the greater truths we know. What do you mean, Ross, the greater truths we know? We saw at the beginning of the book. We know these truths that we serve. You ready for this? A gracious God who is merciful. Don't hold on to the shade. Embrace the truth. A graceful, merciful God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's who we serve. The God that gives you all this opportunity to experience Him. I just want that for our church. I want that for you as individuals. So today what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. We're going to worship with this last song. And they're going to bring communion to you. And then I'll come up and I'll lead you in the last moment in communion together. What an appropriate way for us to end with this. Because it's such a picture of the grace of God that covered all the shade of our lives. All the shade of our sin. And so at this time we're going to worship. Just stay seated as we worship. And the ushers will bring, bring your communion. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.